0: Evening, wow, this is a big Kiddush Hashem. <laughs> it's just it's an off time, we couldn't have done the regular time. This is uh, it's beautiful that uh, we're, we're being Kovei Itim. And in fact, in today's dafiomi, we'll get some to for the for the Revitans who are currently home <laughs> holding down the fort while we are while we are you're learning. Not hey, hey, huh? not I'm not fasting, but my yeah, wife they're is they're fasting. Out. It makes it even worse. Not only are you not fasting, but you left the house. It's just a very bad. Yeah, so I left when she wasn't looking. It was perfect. Okay, we're going to get started. We're on Ayan Vava Medveh, about 10 lines down. We're going to be learning Ayan Zion. Just fair warning that um, much of the Gemara much of the Gemara that we're going to learn today, we're not going to understand other than in story form. There's many, many levels of stories about Yechezkel and Daniel and Gabriel and angels and inside the pargod with HaKadosh Baruch Hu and outside the pargod, so I'm just saying the article wrote on the bottom that it was beyond human comprehension or some kind of language like that. So we're going to read it um, on a surface topical level because that's all I understand. So that's what we're going to get done today. Uh, but first, let's talk about one uh, semi-halachic piece of Gemara. Which which is how do we know that Rechitza is an inui? We know that there are Hamesha Sinuim, that there are five things that are considered afflictions. So the Gemara says about 15 lines, 13, 14 lines from the bottom of Ayinvav Mebez, Ashkech on Sicha, we learned the other day that Sicha, anointing, is Taka, an Inui, but how do we know that there's an Inui called Rechitza? Rechitza says, the Gemara answer, attempt number one, Amar the Bar about Amar Kra, because the Pasuk says, this Pasuk speaking in the negative about water, Bekirbo, so maybe we should assume that this is a, uh, speaking about Rechitza, that this water is talking about Rechitza, says the Gemara, no, maybe this is talking about drinking, after all, the Pasuk does say Bekirbo, says the Gemara, no, the water in this Pasuk has to be Dumya Deshemet, just like oil in in the anointing form is done on the outside of the body, on the skin. So to the water that we're talking about is on the outside of the body, referring to rechitza. Sounds like a good marimakum. It says the Gemara, not such a good marimakum, because this very pasuk is used to prove the exact opposite. Ten lines from the bottom. We have an uh, atana who holds the exact opposite from a mishnah. What does the mishnah say? The mishnah says, The mishnah says, Yom how do we know that anointing is like drinking on Yom Kippur? So says the Gemara, quoting the Mishnah, even though it's not to say this, but it is still um, possibly the case. The same Pasuk that you tried to use to show us that Rechitza is what the Pasuk was talking about. This Mishnah explicitly states that it's not talking about Rechitza, it's talking about Shasia. So we're back to our question, which is how do we know that Rechitza is considered an Inui? So therefore, two lines before the wide lines, the Gemara changes gears. Ella, we have it explicitly in a pasuk which really isn't explicit. What is the And it has a double language of soch, which means to anoint. And we assume that one of them is for sicha, and the other one of them is for Fine. Now, there's a pasuk that we quoted above, and from here for the next thirty lines. Uh, this is the story about Gavriel who was kicked out of the inner the inner pargod with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and then he was let back in after he defended the Jewish people. So let's jump into the story. That Gavriel was able to come uh, was able to come back into the pargod because of Daniel. Let's see what's going on here. We're going to be skipping a little bit here, so just uh, stay tuned because we're going to skip a, a couple of these lines. This was part of his vision. There were, he was standing there with him. Ya'azin was standing there with 70 men. Om Din Lifnei and Vi'ish Miktar Toh uh, they were all doing some type of uh, k'tores, it was done in an idol worship form, this was not done the right way. Skip from here to the top of Ayin Zayin Ahmed that's according to some of the, the defusim Yishanim of the Gemara did not have this pasuk quoted here, and the Gemara says, He was taken up to watch this, he was taken into uh, Kodesh Baruch Hu's inner sanctum, the opening of the between the ulam and the mizbech, a space that we've spoken about a number of times, but in a different Different context. There were Kashram Bihamish, there were about 25 men. Achal Raham El He Khalashem, their backs. We were facing the opening of the Hechal, but their faces were facing forward, seemingly an unnecessary language. If your back was to the east, your face is obviously to the west. Why both? We'll get there in a second. And they were davening to the east toward the sun. So says the Gemara, I don't understand the fact that it says that they were facing east. Don't I know that their backs were facing the Hechal? So says the Gemara, something that's so difficult for us to understand. We pine for the Beis HaMikdash. Why are we fasting today? Because we recognize that there were mistakes in our history for 2,000 years. We've been doing these kinds of fasts. How long do people hold on to their old traditions and values? This doesn't stop, and it's not going to stop until there's a Beis Amikdash. Today is the perfect example of the Torah, authentic Orthodox Jew. We're holding on to that history, and we are not letting go. That base mikdash that we pine for, this is what they did back in the day. Why did it say, if they're facing east, why does it say that their backs were facing the Heichal? They would remove their garments. And they would defecate facing with their backsides toward the Heichal, an unbelievably difficult thing to understand. Amar a kodesh baruch says Michal, that's enough. Michal sarcha u'masecha, your nation. Why is the kodesh baruch hu pushed this off onto Michal? Good questions. There's like 50 questions you could ask off the cuff here. None of which we're going to engage uh, by and large. So he says to Michal, your nation's made a big sircha and they made a big mess up here. Amar Lafana, a ribona shelolam diala tovah But there's at least some good people here. Don't do. Uh, don't destroy the Jewish people. Amar um, lo says, nope. I'm sorry some vilatovim I'm going to destroy these people and all of the good ones in them. Some of them before him say because the good ones. Should have given Musr. They should have said something. This is not right. Push it is not right. They should have stopped them. This is not okay. We know, of course, there's a mitzvah, the Raisa for Tochacha. So, okay, you have to know that it can be heard, but uh, something needed to be done. This was a huge Chilal Hashem. So, it says the Gemara, Miyad immediately by Yomer El Haish Lavush Habadim. The person who's Lavush Habadim is a reference to Gabriel. Go um, between the Galgal, El Tachas, La underneath the Cruve. These are references to angels command was that Gabriel was supposed to fill his hands with coals and then Mi binos la kruvim, al ha'ir, that he was supposed to collect coals and throw them onto the people where about a quarter of the way down in the uh, from Ein Zain, Amid Aleph, says the Gemara, that's what he was supposed to do by le'en, uh, and then he, he grabbed the coals right away by but he actually did it through the Karuv, through one of the angels so the angel of the Karuv gathered the coals and put them in the hands of Gabriel, so mm-hmm. she reached in and grabbed some coals. Between the kruvim, that's where he got the coals from. And he put it into the hands of Labushabad, which is Gabriel. So really, he broke the rules. Gavriel didn't listen exactly correctly. He's going to be reprimanded for that soon. So Again, these things are above us. But here's what he says: If not for this added. Step where the crew have gathered the, the coals and put them into the hands of Gabriel, without that slight lowering of temperature of the coals, there would be not one Jew left. Again, this language, uh, the, the homily of Sonen Shah Yisrael is Jews who are rebellious. It's not the enemies of the Jews external, it's the enemies who are of the Jews internal. And still, there would be not one person left. in the reads, So Gabriel referencing a particular garment of clothing. I did exactly like you said. So, almost halfway down, the Gemara says, At that exact moment, they kicked him out. He's no longer allowed in the inner sanctum with a Kodesh baruch. Again, not in parameters that we can think of in, you know, with square feet. It's not like that. We don't understand any of this. And then, not only did they kick him out, but they also reprimanded him with lashes, with 60 rods of fire. 60. Okay, there's so much to, these things are taken by people like the Maharal and they're built into these beautiful edifices of Torah with so many remarkable facets, but no time. And I didn't read it anyways, but I'm sure that it's there because he talks about this all the time. Amr and they, the Musr back to uh, Gavriel was as follows. If you didn't do it right away, we would have understood because you were probably waiting for a Kodesh Baruch Hu to have some rachamim. But I if you were going to do what you were told to do, why'd you do it the wrong way? Am I lo Avadit. avadit? Why didn't you do it like we commanded you? Namely, you were supposed to take the coals directly, but instead you took them from another angel. Why didn't you do that? The Odin, furthermore, Don't now that you did it, don't you also hold of the principle in Meshivan Allah Kalkala? You're not supposed to give a bad report like this. You should have let everything go. So says the Gemara, therefore he was replaced. Who was he replaced with? With the Dubiel. I Dubiel, de Parsoi. He was a uh, an angel. <clears throat> Um, a Persian angel, again, what does that mean? V'ukmei v'charikei, he was put in his place, v'shimesh esrim ve'echad yom. And he was uh, put in the place of Gavriel for 21 days, hainu d'chziv. That's what the Pasuk says. V'sar malchus pras omei d'negdi esrim ve'echad yom. V'hinei michael, echad hasar marishon embala azreni. And then uh, Ezra, uh, not Ezra, excuse me, Michael came to help uh, Daniel, to help. V'ani nosar tishram eitsal malchei paras. And uh, he was helping there with uh, all that was going on. So Daniel was functioning on this level where he was human, but interfacing with the angels and talking to Gavriel and talking to Dubiel, the, the Tsar paras. So it says the Gemara, last of the short lines, two thirds of the way down, they gave him 21 kingdoms and they gave him one of the ports, which is referred to as Mashig. Mashig was not actually the name of a place. It, it basically means royalty in Persian. Um, and it was a reference to a royal port, Omar. And then this uh, this. Of Paras said, the replacement of Gabriel said, I want to write up a tax, a head tax for the Jewish people. And so they did, they wrote it up. Uh, and then I also want to charge the rabbis a head tax and they did that and when they wanted to come sign it Gavriel who was kicked out he's outside of the Machina at this point he's standing outside but clearly he knows what's going on and he quotes a pasuk, you're not going to give any any praise to those who get up early and for those who are uh we stay up late. They eat uh, the bread of, of sadness. What does that last piece mean? So it, says the, it says the Gemara. These are the wives of people who are committed to learning of Tamir they uh, They give up on a lot of sleep. It's not simple. They, uh, they, All they can do at best is not off. They never get a great night's sleep. They're up with the kids late. They're up with the kids early, and the husbands are are up and out early and late. Our shears is very late, probably one of the latest in town, or used to be the latest in town until we uh, got lazy and put it to 840. So it says that was a big schus for the notion. So that not only that, they're menadadosh sheinah ba'olem hazeh Unbelievable. They sacrifice a little bit here, but they get a lot over there in Olam But nobody listened to Gabriel's argument that we, the Jewish. Jewish people, we're doing everything right, we're doing these, okay, we have our, not everything, we, we made our mistakes, but we, we have people who are, who are being memis um, atzmol the Torah, so amar lafana, ribonu kol if you had the, one of those old school scales, and you put all of the chach meum on one side, and daniel ish chamudos bekaf so it says uh, the obvious rhetorical question, lo nimsa, machria kulam. Wouldn't Daniel be greater than all of the Chachmiim of So Amr Kodesh Baruch banai. Who is this that is giving a, a meritorious report on my children? So Amr really of the uh, the angels that were surrounding a Kodesh Baruch who said, Ribono Shalom, Gavriel. It was Gabriel who was kicked out of the of the paragot. He was put outside of the wall. So Amr Lahem. So Kodesh Baruch says to them, Yobo, let him come back in. That because of Daniel, Gavriel was able to come back in. And that's what we started with. That was the, the, the passage that we were talking about is how did Gavriel get kicked out and come back in? It was through this idea of Daniel. And they said, you can come back in. And then he came back in. When Gabriel came back in, he saw this, uh, his replacement, to and he was holding these scrolls in his hands, the ones where he wanted to put the head tax on the Jews and on the Talmud. And Gabriel was and he wanted to take it from them. And as uh, as people do, he swallowed it. The guy just took his homework and just ate it and no nowhere, nowhere to be seen again. So it says a little bit different. Yes, it was written, but it was not yet signed. And Amri is still different. Nami Lami was actually signed already, but there was no bearing because and it got erased in his stomach. The, you know, the acidic lining of the stomach that just chewed the whole thing up. There was nothing left. It's still true. Seemingly, this, this metaphysical discussion played out practically because in Pras, some people actually paid the, the head tax and some did not. So this whole conversation that happened upstairs had some real practical Things that were taking place in this world. This is like, you know, we were talking on Shabbos. Or we were talking about this, about the, the chalas on the bottom. So the, the Ramos says, it's Al-Pi These are not things that we can easily understand. They're way out of our grasp. Nevertheless, Kabbalah has a role, and that's why uh, by Sephardim in particular, they follow the world of Kabbalah. When it comes to Psach. The, the Ashkenazi world, typically when there's a machlokas between a Kabbalistic source and a non-Kabbalistic source, we typically don't follow the Kabbalistic source. Okay, so these are different discussions to have, but here at least there was a practical conversation about whether or not a tax was required. And the Pasuk continues, <laughs> And then Gabriel saw the Sarav Yavon of Greece coming, Oi, uh, oi, he saw there, these, it was terrible. The lake of the Ashgach Bay, and nobody listened to him. Okay. Now, all of this was an aside because one of the psukim that we tried to use to prove that Rechitza is in fact an Inuit led us to this whole story about Gabriel, Daniel, Yechazkel, and all, all of these players. So that was answer number one. Then says the Gemara, V'eba three fourths of the way down at the two dots, halfway through the wide lines. Oh, you can also say that there's another Marimakom that Rechitza the Ikri Inuit. min alan. what's this new Marimakom? Uh, from here really you deserve to die i'm not going to kill you this day because you carried the arm before my father and you suffered with all the many things that my father suffered with and what were some of the things that my father suffered with says the Gemara. they didn't have bread that Sama me I mean he didn't have any water. And me Mai, what was he tired from? What well, what was his tiredness from? So says the Gemara, maybe we should say Ladme Maybe his Inui was from Rahitza that, you know, when you're on the run, when you're on the run and you're not able to come back home and take a shower, you got people watching your house, shells chasing dove, what are you supposed to do? So, that, so that's what he said. Maybe he couldn't take a good shower. Says the Gemara, no. Maybe what he was talking from, that he was tired from running, wasn't about showering, but maybe it was about ilasa sandal, in which case, according to this approach, we no longer have a marimakom to say the brachitza is an inui that Rakhitza is an affliction. So says the Gemara, 12 lines from the bottom on Ayin Zainam at Aleph says the Gemara Ella. Here's another pasik that indicates this much that Rahitza is um, is an Inui, says the Gemara, Maim Karim al Nefeshayefa, cold water on a tired soul, but dilma mishiah. You wanted to say that pasik is about Rakitza, maybe it's not, maybe it's about Shasia. Says the Gemara, no, Miksiv bi nefesh that the water was going into the Nefesh that you're drinking it. You no, know, al Nefesha ksiv. And that the Gemara embraces as option number two. So the Kitsar, we have two viable answers as to how we know that Rechit is in Inuit, and that brings us to the next step of the Chamesha Sinuin, which is Ni'ilas HaSandal. says, the Gemara, ten lines from the bottom, Ni'ilas asandal minnolan. How do we know that Ni'ilas sandal is considered to be one of the Chamesha Sinuin? It says, the Gemara, david ole ole He was walking, walking yacheif, which typically means barefoot. Yacheif mimai, what was he barefoot from? La'amin ilas sasandal. Doesn't it mean that he wasn't wearing any shoes? says the Gemara, no, maybe he was talking about the fact that he didn't have a horse to walk with, and he didn't have a whip to to hit the horse with in order to run, in order to travel more easily. So yeah, he was tired on his feet, but not because he didn't have shoes, but because he didn't have his regular mode of transportation. It must be that the source that Nila says Sandal, is Inui is an affliction is from another place. Eight lines from the bottom mehacha. That seems pretty clear. You're gonna uh, you're gonna remove your shoe from your feet. Uh it also says So what, there, what does it mean? Yachaif me my That pasuk seems to be even more clear than the previous one that we're talking about, in, in which case we should have a good marimal to indicate that ilas an inui, one of the Khamesh in him says maybe we should say Vema bin Ami I mean Ali Maybe it's not that you had no shoes, but it's that you had shoes with patches. Maybe it wasn't that you had no shoes at all. Says the Gemara. In fact, we have to say this because the pasuk also says arum. The pasuk also says that he was that he was not dressed. Then arum arum mamish. He was walking around mamish without clothes on. That that that's not that's not normal. Ella. That must have been that over there by the word arum it was beluyim. We're talking about clothes that are with rags, but he was covered properly at least at a minimum. And achanami here but must also be that it's biminolim hamatulayim. In which case we are talking about shoes that have patches on them, and therefore we again. Again, don't have a marimakom to say that neilas asandal is an inui. So therefore, the Gemara presents another answer to this question, four lines from the bottom. How do we know that neilas asandal is one of the inuyim? <speaking> in <Hebrew> You should hold back your feet from being yachef, from being barefoot, and your throat from being thirsty. One should prevent themselves from doing that one should therefore not end up being barefoot. You should make sure that you don't end up speaking things that are wasteful because that could lead to thirst. And this is considered an acceptable answer to the Gemara. And therefore we now have our mari Makom for I think this is the fourth one, right? We did Achilo Shasia, we did Sicha, we did Rechitza, we did Nila Sasandal, last one left is Tash Amitah. Says the Gemara, two lines from the bottom, Tashmesh Amitah dikriya inui How do we know that the Tashmesh Amitah is going to be considered to be an inui? <coughs> So says because the Pelzik says, This is love and talking to Yaakov. If you afflict my daughters, meaning withholding Tashmish Amita. This is a halachic, so again, in, in regards to the mitzvah of Ona. The mitzvah of Ona, one of the most unique mitzvahs in the Torah, is a halachic right of a woman to intimacy from her husband. So the, there, there in Reshmem, it discusses, depending on your Parnasa what uh, the required uh, minimum frequency is it depends. Uh, there's onas tamilichamim. Big is over there. Uh, that's a big discussion in in in, uh, in the in post kim uh, not so simple. but here what the point is or the love one was saying is that my daughters need to make sure that they are that they have the mitzvah of ona, that they have access to their husbands when necessary. So it's, he said two things. He said imtan and the noshim number one is that make sure that my daughters have the mitzvah of ona in their right, that they are taken care of. And number two, imtika <laughs> noshim that you should not take more wives, top of dafai and Zion, mitashmesh. That means that he, that uh, uh, that one needs to make sure that the mitzvah of ona is fulfilled, and the next one is the is mitzoros not to take more wives. Mm-hmm. Now remember that uh, we already know what happened here. We know that Yaakov had Bill and Zilpah. so that's going to come up in the Gemara in a moment. It says the Gemara <laughs> Maybe really both of these parts of the pasukim and the tikach. It's not about the tashmish amita per se. Maybe they're both talking about other wives, and uh, and they're both talking about the same thing, namely. You're, you can't have it be that there's going to be less Tashmashamita because there are other wives. That's maybe how we should read the Pasuk. Mm-hmm. Says the Gemara, you cannot read the Pasuk that way uh, because the Pasuk doesn't say that they're both interdependent, that they're the same, that I'm going to withhold Tashmashamita because of otherwise. No, it's im this and that. So that means that there really are two things and they're not both talking about sorrows which is a reference to other wives. Says the Gemara, no, it's and therefore they're, they're two. Therefore, two totally different things. So it says the Gomorrah and Zainam based base three lines down. Maybe again both of them are really talking about Tzoros. today. One is a reference to the wives he already has, Bil and Zilpa, to us and And another is the possibility of him having other wives down the road. Uh, so there, maybe that's why Labum was saying to Yaakov, says the Gemara, that doesn't work either. It doesn't say, it says it the other way. So if it had been the first way, it would have been a little bit backwards. We would have assumed the more severe one to be first, and that would be the Isser, uh, <coughs> violating the Isser of Ona, followed by what is not an Isser of having more wives. And because it says the, because it says it, uh, first, it can't be the way that the Gemara presented about tut Um, So therefore, it is considered to be that we have a good Marimakum, that Imtan has a reference to Tashmish. So it says the Gemara, We know this already. We have a Pasuk that says, This is the story of Dina and Shechem, where where Dina was raped. But the Gemara gives a a very, I've never heard this before until I learned this Gemara. The Gemara gives a very unique spin on that story. So we see there, They had Tashmish, and then there was Inui. So but that, that doesn't work. We thought Inui was no Tashmish. Here there was Tashmish, and then that was considered Inui. So, Amar so Abayi says back to, to Rav Papa, no, Amar Hasam, she'ina mi biyo that apparently Dina was interested in more Tashmish Amita after she was taken advantage of. It so, says the Gemara that that was the Inui. It was not that there was Tashmish and that there was Inui, it's that the lack of other episodes of Tashmish Amita that were withheld from her was considered an Inui. And that answers our last question. Now we have Mari for all five of the Khamesha Sinuyim that indicate that all of them are considered to be an Inui. 10 lines down, I and base, Let's continue. Tana the rabbis taught us. We're going to see a couple of Mari Makomos now about Rechitza. The rabbis taught us, lircho, gufo kechol gufo. you can't walk, wash your hand and you also can't wash your body. But if one was covered in mud and they were covered in dirt, so then that's not the problem. Then you can wash your body. We gave this example you face plant into a puddle of mud on Yom Kippur, go home and get uh, well, one of my kids walked home uh, and, and his feet with the shoes, with the water, with the socks, his feet were dirty. So he said, Is it mutter? on Shabbos, to run cold water in a bath and stick your foot under the bath. Yeah, that's mutter. it's aver aver. It's, it's cold water, no problem. There's a Shaila in the Chuva in the postgame about using liquid soap, by, by and large, people are relatively maykill when it comes to that, whatever the cool is. But here, that would be totally mutter, even on Yom Kippur. So be no problem. Ruches And that's about ruchitza. Also 10, uh, 12 lines down, says the Gemara, asr miktas, gufo, gufo. You can't anoint just your hands, no lotions, nothing uh, and that would be true for your whole body as well, Be if you were sick or if you had some type of uh, rash or some, some type of scabbing on your head, so then, so this is an, a very important caveat to what the Mishnah considers the Chamesha Sinui that has to be Be'inui, that doesn't mean that when there's a direct practical need for Rechitza that it's there for Asr. It's what we refer to as Rechitza Shaltanug, that's what's problematic, and Sicha Shaltanug, and these examples, the Gemara's caveats are critical because it's indicating that when these things are warranted for for external reasons that's not for hana it's because you're covered in mud so then it would be mutter first of the very long lines so a woman can wash one of her hands in order to feed a child and she should not worry about that that's not a problem so what is this talking about so some of the before shim here point out that there used to be a custom for people to wash their hands like in the style of washing their hands right before they fed a child. Separate of the fact that they had to wash when they woke up. We don't do this anymore. Anymore, some of them before Shim here say that, that this is not by us, that this type of ruach of is not shaykh. but that's what we're, the Sigya we're talking about. He didn't want to feed his kids with one hand. He didn't want to wash that one hand, but they forced him to wash hands with both. My time-up, because is the name of the ruach that we're discussing. So four lines in. To the Menu. if you're going to on, on Yom Kippur, you're going to see your father, you're going to go see your Rebbe, or if you're going to go see someone who's greater than you, so then you're allowed to walk through water. Even on Yom Kippur, it's not considered rechiza over. You can walk even if it's up to your neck, no problem. What about the reverse? What if the is going to the Talmud? Can the Rebbe walk through water? So says, like, that's an easy one. We'll see that it's not so easy, but seemingly that's an easy one third of the way down. I saw that Za'iri was traveling to Ozal Agabe Ravchia, Bar Ashi. Tell me that he was walking there and he, he walked through water. So seemingly it should be Mutter. Ravashi says, No, you got the story backwards. Some say the story was the other way, and if it's the Talmud walking to the Rebbe, there's no raya about the Rebbe. So basically, because we don't know which version of the story is correct, the Rebbe talking to, walking to the Talmud or vice versa, we therefore don't know. Almost halfway down, Rava uh, Rava allowed the people who lived in Ovar Yemina to walk through water in order to be in a place where they could watch over their fruits. That would not be the Isra of uh, Ruchitza as per our Mishnah. There's a Braissa, there's a that supports you. So this is a beautiful thing that your bar plugta, the person you fight with all the time. He's like, No, I got a Braissa for you. It's a wonderful thing, that that level of shalom. Tanya de Misailah, Shomre Peros overnat, savar and Okay. And similarly, Rabyosev Sharlu, who lived ne Tarbu, Lemev Arbemaya, Leme Se Lapirka. He said that people are allowed to go to the base measures. They could walk through water. They could walk uh, they could walk up to their neck in water, no problem. Leme se lapirka to go here a shir. But lemeza lo Sharluh, but they weren't allowed to go home afterwards they weren't allowed to go home afterwards hold on one second if everybody shows up at the base medrash and they're allowed to walk through water in order to get to the share but they can't go home the next year they're going to hesitate to go learn and that's a big problem So, says the Gemara, that's why there's another version of this story. We did allow them to to go learn. And they were also allowed to come back home afterwards. That sounds even better. So, then the Gemara in this second iteration of the story, I understand why you're coming. That's wonderful. Go learn Torah. Why is it then that you're allowed to go back home? Says the Gemara. Think about that. You already learned. It's all because of Bithel Torah. You already learned. And halacha is that you're allowed to go back, that you're allowed to go back home. You're allowed to walk back home through water for no purpose at all, because when you get home, you're just gonna be wet. You're not coming to a shear. So we don't consider that rechitza in halacha. That's very strange. You're literally walking through water. And the, the only reason it's a mutter is because of the concern that maybe next year you won't go to the same share. For one year once a year, we allow you to walk through water on Yom Kippur. That sounds like Rachitza. We would have said, uh, you know, Mark likes uh, swimming on Shabbos, you know, like Mark's talking about all the time. Like it's a necessity. Yeah, it's a necessity. It's a, it's, it's. not Rachitza Sheltan. No. Uh, is, this no, like, no. Uh, is this like going to the hospital on Shabbos? No, the exactly. Moshe yeah. feinstein has a big truth about that, an important truth I should say. I actually utilized it once, and I, Rabbi Matanky, told me that I might have done something wrong. And then I asked Rabbi Gedalya Schwartz. I took a kid. I was in Mosheva as a staff member, and I took a kid to the hospital on Shabbos, and I had heard this chuva and smicha, and I'm like, Rabbi Moshe. And I, I didn't know that I was applying a swara beyond Rav Moshe. I just thought I was following Rav Moshe. I didn't know. I just, I'm like, oh yeah, that was his Chuba. Like afterwards, you go back because then, because then next time you're not going to go to the hospital with the kid and there's his Nafashos. So I got back. I remember Tanky's like, yeah, that was probably Chil Shabbos. That's probably not so Gishmach. This was like 20 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was. So then I asked Rav Gedayev of Shorts, I asked him subsequently, I said, is there a swara to do what I did? And he said there is such a swarm. He wasn't very like strong about it. It wasn't like yes, this is Rav <laughs> I think he was just trying to make me feel better that I was Michal Shabbos. I'm what, not what sure. The Chuva says that for people who are like in the medical field, that if you don't allow them to come home, that every Shabbos they're going to be out, and it's going to be a huge tircha. Yeah. So I didn't think I I didn't I wasn't thinking thoroughly. I just got back and I just took a, a, a the, the the Uber of old. I took a taxi home from Wildrose Hospital, I whatever it was. So then I, it wasn't so good, and it probably was not mutter what I did, but the Svara, the rationale is the same, Ari, and the truth is, that's a good argument for what I'm saying. It's once a year. So you're not a medical professional. It's once a year. So anyways, I was probably Michal Shabbos. Um, as I continue to <laughs> teach it Yomi, let's, uh, <laughs> uh, let's continue. So it says, I don't know where we are anymore. Here. Oh, let me say the Okay, fine. So we're about halfway down, says the Gemara excuse uh, me, Come, They were standing on the bank of the Nahar of Papa, on de They were standing by the uh, by the cross point called Rami on the other side of the water. They saw Ramibar bar Papa. So Rabbi Kali raised his voice, nice and loud, and said, "I want to talk and learning." Is it okay? Am I allowed to wade, wade through the waters to come get you? Um, uh, he says him. Um, um, uh, you, know, uh, you cannot take out your uh, your the what you're wearing from under. You can't take your arm out from what you're wearing. Basically, you can't wear your clothes in a weird way because otherwise it might be carrying. Why do we care about carrying? It's Yom Kippur, so it must have been talking about Shabbos and Yom Kippur. Kipper, yeah. during the year. Did we learn about this already? It's just like John, yeah. Didn't we learn about this in the Gemara a couple of ago? No. no? Anyone? What did we learn about? I know this, this came up. Anyone? I don't get what's going on the wardrobe here. To you to I thought because it's a regular yontif. It's, uh... No. Kipper is like Shabbat shops no, I know the drush I just thought, I, I thought we learned something here. Okay. All right. Either way. It says here that you can't change the way that you're wearing your clothes because then you're not wearing your clothes as is normal. And then if you're not wearing it in a normal way, then that would be considered carrying. So that's what the Gemara says here with the clothes that is, you're allowed to cross over. That's what Rami Bar Papa said back to them. You can cross over, you can walk through water, but you have to wear your clothes in the proper way. We have a b'risa that says similar, but from a b'risa instead of being quoted from an Amorah. Who says that you're allowed to cross up to your neck in water even during the week? That should be something that's dangerous. Forget about the halachos of Shabbos and Yantev. the Pasik says, and we know that this is a famous uh, story that as part of the Nevuah, that we see a little bit of water coming out of the Kodesh and it gets wider and wider and wider as it leaves the Mikdash area until it's a full stream. So that's this Pasuk over here, a collection of Pasuk and two thirds of the way down. It got up to the ankles. That's okay, you can walk through water like that, not dangerous. And a thousand uh Mayan birkayim up to the knees, me mikanchemotulav orad birkayim. Good, we're doing good so far. Yomad elef, we another another thousand, may mosnayim up to the waist, mikanchemotulav orad mosnayim, mikan vaelech. But everything after that is not allowed. But Yomad elef nachal asher lo uchal lavor. At that point, it should be asher. So it says the Gemara. It's true when the water's flowing like that that it's very problematic. I agree. Amar Abaye, shiny nachal the redif In this case, the water's flowing so strongly that therefore it is problematic. And that would be usrs, true. So the halacha should be like this. If you're going through a white water rafting channel that's right in front of you, that's usr if it's up to your neck, that's not allowed. But if you're going to anything below that, it should be mutter as long as it is not otherwise dangerous. Maybe we should be able to swim. Talmud Lomar, you're not allowed to do that. I'll just getting the Pasuk in full here is uh, very clear. I'll read the, what it says here. And says the rest of the Pasuk. aver. It says you're not allowed to swim, and we know my may swimming the Maybe I I can go over this type of water, the flowing water in a small boat. from the word from a boat. You're not allowed to do that. What about a very large boat? no, you're not. you're not allowed to do that. My mashma, what's going on with these boats? You're not allowed to go with a, with a small boat that was used for catching uh, fish, whatever it was, catching animals, and a large boat as well. You're not allowed to cut across. of ben Pazi. Even the Malachim can't walk through waters like that. That we're not allowed to cross. That was by us. And by the satan, the Pasuk there explicitly refers to the satan. So we make a comparison that the Malachim also can't cross waters like that. Amr Pinchas Mishum Rav When the water is going to come out of the base, here was the beginning. It was as thin as the antenna of a grasshopper. When it left the hechal, so it started out tiny. A little bit wider, like the one of the strings in the in the loom. The, The cross loom, the cross wire was a little bit wider. Uh, it was like a small utensil. Behind it's That's what the Mishnah says. Turning to the top of It's going to come out from under the threshold of the Mikdash. And by the time it got there, it was a big river at that point. And at that point, the women who were Zavin and Zavos and Nidos and Yodos, all of those women and would go into the mikvah to become Tehoros. So then Rav Yosef makes a diuk, and with this we'll stop on Rav Yosef. She needs to make sure at a minimum height of the water, that the water has to be at least in order for her to go to the mikvah, we don't we don't pass in that way. We require our bhaiamsa. usually in, in the men's mikvah, if you stand up in the men's mikvah, it's usually up to your chest. It doesn't have to be up to your tzavar? that would be very difficult, it says the That's not the din. Yes, 40. This is like adding another laya to our bayimsa You need 40 sah, plus it has to be a minimum height requirement as well. So the narrowness versus the width of if you have a very wide I and mean, you have to think about it. If you go into the kiddie pool, it's you can't go to the mikvah in the kiddie pool. The water's one foot high. It doesn't work. So there needs to be a certain um, maximum to the area of the pool so that the height of the water is tall enough so that you can actually submerge a human being under there. So that's why we always said in the Gemara, we've seen this a couple of times, barum gimel so that's what we've always said is the minimum requirements for a mikvah because that holds 40. So, and the, the length and width are narrow enough that it's high enough that you can actually get under the water so that's what the Gemara says here that when a woman goes to the mikvah for neither the water does not have to be rather just up to her waist we'll stop right here we'll pick up tomorrow, live on zoom if not live on zoom i'll pre-record and post and let you know i'm hoping to be able to do a live wishing you all a beautiful day